Good evening, and welcome, or good morning, I don't know, when do you listen to podcasts? Welcome to 16 Candle Keeps, the place where we do podcasting and D&D and stuff, that thing that's really popular nowadays, because the world is a disarray! Hi. Hi. <laughs> you, you okay, hon? No. No. <laughs> DM me. I'll DM yeah. you later. <laughs> I can't. I think we're actually showing our age right now. The fact yeah. that that's a thing. <laughs> yep. I'll I'll, I'll write <laughs> you a letter about all my current life issues. How um, old are you, Granddad? <laughs> I'm probably a Granddad in some lifetime. Anyway. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, for you lot, it's been a week. For us, it's been a while because life got busy for all of us. Um, and what a time yeah. for it to go busy, like, just after you lot have had to deal with a fucking dragon. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Um, is there anything? Let's double check that old date calculator thing. I should. I, I, sh I should. Once one day I'll come in knowing the date immediately. So I believe this one's going out on the uh, the twenty first of April, I believe. Um, anyone got any shout outs they want to do for twenty first of April? <laughs> um, not that I can think of. I don't know about the other two. I'm gonna say no because that's the week after my uni deadline. <laughs> <laughs> And my brother's wedding. Oh. I like that your uni deadline was what you remembered first. <laughs> I mean... It, yeah. yeah. It's literally the same week, but like Cameron's wedding, I just have to show up. Uni, yeah. I actually have to work. Bingo <laughs> <laughs> okay. bang bang corner, how are we looking? Um, we're, we're, we're looking. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I recently got a ridiculous Japanese import of a a new Digimon, we're gonna call it a Digimon Fitbit. There's no other real description what? for it. It looks oh, really yeah. cute. Doesn't um, it? So yeah, I've got a little little Digimon uh, <laughs> on my wrist that I have to exercise and walk with to, to, you know, to get its strength up and to watch it digivolve. And uh, obviously due to the uh, global panini going on uh, right now. Um, Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, Backstreet Boys. Uh, being able to get out and about, it's a little bit more difficult. Mm. Um, so it's it has digivolved. It's turned into a, a lazy thing. Um, it's effectively a yellow and green sloth. Um, but yeah, I've got an unboxing video for that and some tips on what to do and what not to do. Um, hey. So we've got that. And I'm also myth-busting a, uh, a Pokemon tin. I can't really say too much more than that without revealing, but Basically, there are some booster packs out there that are stupidly expensive that people are on the search for, and they claim that they have found a way that you can guarantee that you get one of those booster packs. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. <laughs> so it is. It just, it just is. Save so you watching I that mean... episode. <laughs> 
I have tested uh, one of these so-called numbers so far. I have one more thing to test, but just anyone who claims that that is a guaranteed way is scamming you. Uh. Uh. Yeah. As always, support your local game shop. Don't go into these silly website things trying to find things. Go to that... I mean, by the time this has come out, according to the global plan of things, they should have been able to reopen for business now, so hopefully you'll be able to check out your own things. I think it's 12th of April, they're suggesting non-retail come back. I have to know this for work. Um, yep. <laughs> so so um, if you're interested uh, uh, in getting your own Pokemon cards or D&D games or anything like that, go support your local game shop before going to like Magic Madhouse and uh, Chaos Cards and... All those wonderful people Amazon. who keep us going. Uh, screw Amazon. <laughs> Ignore Don't Amazon. Never at Amazon. They put a price like it's. I bought recently. Me and Emma have been starting to get into Pokemon, as uh, was mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago. And we bought our trainer kits things um, the other day. We had to go through Magic Madhouse. Two reasons not to go to Amazon. One, it's ten pounds more expensive. Two, the only versions you can get, and it's brilliant if you know those sort of things, but it's in German or Spanish. So unless you've been learning over the lockdown. You better not buy that one because it doesn't even tell you until you scroll right down to the bottom of the page. <sighs> yep, not have, even have legal no for tournament play in England if you have cards from another language. Exactly. Are they not? But what if that? What if like German is your first language? You're just forced. If you're to... playing a tournament in England, you have to play with English cards. If you're playing a tournament in Japan, you have to have Japanese cards. It's oh, it's a that, whole thing. That is interesting. The worst ones is the difference between English and Japanese cards. They have completely different backs to them. Um, yeah. Uh, my mind and not is the old right classic yeah. ones. <laughs> I just feel like I've learned a whole load of new stuff. This Come, is, this coming is a soon, a new podcast from me and Liam where we just sit and talk about <laughs> nerdy stuff. But you guys don't have to worry about the first 10 minutes of the podcast turning into Tell the Pokemon show. <laughs> Um, need to know these but yes um, excellent anything else you want to drop for the bingo bang bang um, I think that'll do for now but I will warn uh, every single audience member and uh, everyone here on the podcast um, I'm using a new set of dice tonight so if oh. the rolls are low um, <laughs> then, then they're fine they're normal and that's that's absolutely <laughs> <laughs> on par for what we've come to expect. <laughs> but if my oh, dice sorry. rolls are higher, then... Are your new dice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have four different sets of dice because I decided to be really OTT with my character and have a different set per season for my Eladrin. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, knew, nice. I knew you had like different sets per character. I didn't realise you were going that far. <clears throat> the seasons on this one i mean i never intended to and then i found all of my extra dice that i've never used and went you know what this is a good idea <laughs> I, I like can, it i can give I you a dice regret. update here um i've upgraded <laughs> to two sets of dice now because we've hit level five um i as oh, a dm no. set my dice at the level you're currently at so not five sets because of but because of, uh, because of the amount of dice I sometimes have to roll for creatures, you normally find level 5 to 10 is about 2 or 3 sets of dice, level 10 to 15, 4 sets of dice, possibly 5. 
if they get up to that high level gameplay where someone's got say i don't know meteor swarm or anything like that and you're going 20d6 for that and 20 oh um this is why i just <laughs> stick with my favorite spells of like you know power word kill or something like that. no rolling it's just easier um <laughs> anyway <laughs> warning for later um oh good <laughs> I, I joke, my, my favourite spell is much worse and we will get into that one day. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, jump into the game because we wasted enough time talking nonsense. I will ju just say before we jump into this though, uh, for those who have been following and are interested, uh, I have updated the uh, the now, I think we've called it the, um, the Fateless rather than the Lost Soul. Yep. Um, so the Fateless race has been updated um emma is going to be continually playtesting that for me because it's one the item that she wanted so i've made it as best i can i've updated something so in the middle of the game we might have a little bit of a chat about mechanics because something's changed um but that'll be a case of if it ha if something becomes pertinent you'll know about it the main thing at the yeah. moment is she don't float anymore um <laughs> Um, the we best... don't float anymore. I don't float. The we best way to describe anymore. it, as I we have said a thousand down. times, is I thought what I was making Casper, and what we actually needed was stuff like Beetlejuice or um, the. Uh... She just kind of hovers above the ground. Like she never really solidly walks on things. Well, now you I kind are of solidly walking. So we're actually talking yeah. more Dracula in Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, um, but now I have think that, I but not vampire. That, yes. But now <laughs> with the new version, you are basically a human who yeah. uh, you're Marty McFly at the yes. dance, and yes. if you don't concentrate enough, your mum and dad won't kiss. <laughs> yes, that, that we've now that apparently my goal in the game. <laughs> cool. Anyway, learn to play guitar, become a bard later. Um, so that's that. Okay. Let's. Um, Let's jump into this. Um, so I have a, a catch up of this. So after a heavy snow day traveling from Goodmead around the banks of the Redwaters and over to Sunblight, the group immediately turned heel in response to Zardarok's Sunblight, apparently having finished his Shadowland Dragon. Seeing it could traverse the area quicker than they could, they immediately met with Kodar as trying to head towards the closest settlement in an attempt to try help people and um, you all met Kodar agreed that you were uh, you would be best heading towards Brinshanda the de facto capital uh, and started to help in the city's capital capital trying to move refugees and and uh, survivors into the shrines around the the the, the town itself um, you got a brief night's sleep as you could um, before being introduced to several other people who might be able to help you on your way. Um, the morning after, you headed out towards Termalane, where the dragon had now moved on to after dealing with several other settlements, making no uh, no no brunt about it. You you went and faced down the dragon, and someone scored eighty damage. And <sighs> it was a group. Effort. It was yeah. a group effort. It was a group effort. And he is not bitter at all. Oh no. <laughs> um, I, I've spoke at length uh, with several DMs about this, and uh, the ones that aren't on this podcast are like, "Oh, that's that's devious." <laughs> so um, great. I I've shown my uh, my my uh, <laughs> I've shown my uh, 
I say this side apparently with this next plan, um, but we'll see what happens with that down the line. Uh, you guys, um, you guys went to Termalane, destroyed the dragon before it could take down any more of the settlements. You came back on the evening of the 11th of autumn, 142 AD, to find the survivors of the ten towns that were standing and the survivors that made it away from the uh, collection of excuse me, a collection of settlements that had been destroyed as heroes of the area. Yay. Heroes. And now, I hand over to you, Free. Um, it is... Uh, we'll pick up as you've got back in. You've managed to get yourselves into wherever you might want to go next, uh, but you are currently in Brinchanda. It's about seven or eight in the evening now after all's been said and done and people have been doing their whole parade of cheering and clapping um there is an you hear that essentially the the places that have fallen confirming the ones that you already know but also you hear that dugan's hole goodmead east haven care dinaval care koenig and tourmaline have all fallen However, the three remaining settlements are still standing, and there have been more survivors than there have been casualties. Well, that's good. What do you want to do, guys? I mean, there's two things. Yes? I want to find the circle stones again. I need to know what they are. Uh, but also, we just got a shiny, shiny glass orb with swelly lava stuff. I want to oh, know yeah. what it is. Yeah, we do. So yeah, I also want to find out what's inside the shiny, shiny orb. Okay. Um, I will go just double check. Uh, Garland, anything that you would like to do whilst we're here? Or just jump into this and see where it goes? Uh, Garland will be... Uh giving out some uh samples uh of beer and yes. he's yeah, he's gonna so be proud. he's gonna be there uh you know trying to call people in and like you know it was a it was a really tough fight um but luckily i had a nice bottle of good beer beside me and it helped us get right through that dragon do you know what do you know what that bow was dipped in the one that pierced through that dragon's metallic hide. <laughs> the arrows were dipped in good beer. Oh man! And he's just, he's just handing out some samples. You find that? Are we? Are we near him? Yeah. I, I would say yeah. You've all come in. Uh, no one's spread off just yet, so you would see that he's doing this as he's going through the the people cheering and kind of congregating around you. Can I, I have move. that, like, amused, motherly look? Like, she's so proud, but also this is the funniest thing she's ever seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a similar thing and just overhear him, but not want to interrupt his little monologue. So just walk on. Probably smiling to myself, because this is funny. Excellent. Um, you find Garland as... Uh, as the other two just leave you in your your uh, your regaling to the the audience but you see where they go off uh, to so you know where to go afterwards but as you're handing out beers you're finding that human 
interaction seems to be a little low. They seem to be very worried about the fact that there's a brilliant thing of that. These arrows were dipped in good beer and it made it through the, the hide of the dragon. And then there are dwarves who are around going, oh, that's going to be strong stuff. I'm ready to drink that. That'll be great. Um, <laughs> but overall, you are getting a, a brilliant round of people just uh, coming up. You get a couple of people starting to ask about like potential orders later down the line if you get yourself set up after the dust has settled from this attack. And like you you start to get one person comes up to you who is one of the uh, the the tavern owners in uh, let's go yeah that'll be fun um one of the tavern owners comes up to you from care dunaval uh just offers you a, a quiet word uh, uh offering you the, the the potential if you would be interested in a partnership uh opening a tavern once they have the money to rebuild essentially nice hmm that's uh that's definitely something that i'll uh, keep an eye on And with that, we shall jump over to the other two. Uh, you are looking into this orb um, as, as a reminder for ourselves and the audience. Uh, it uh, was quite swirly and funky on the inside, like a crazy little lava lava lamp, but then it went dead um, after, I believe, was it Erica who? I, I can't remember who was the one who saw. One of the two ladies saw an eye in it, I believe. Hey. Did. <laughs> Saw an eye, and then it. it I failed. <laughs> <laughs> it did not reappear, and I believe I tried moving it around, shaking it, trying to get it to come back, like a magic eight ball sort of thing, and I could not get that to come back. It was like it was dead, so it's all super confusing. Not really knowing what to do with it, but also wanting to get some ideas about it. You head in. You have been followed by uh, the crowd of people and the people. Uh, Kodar and that lot who have been with you since the attack on Tervalane. Um you head towards Kodar guides you towards the Speaker's House, which is essentially this large building just next to the Shrine of uh, the Morning Lord that again, it's quite regal, but in its, uh, in its kind of utilitarian way, it's not as bombastic as the shrine itself as it doesn't hold banners or anything like that showing like we own ourselves towards this uh, deity or anything like that it just seems to be a very well-built stone building um several feet tall it's got it looks to be at least three stories inside um you are guided through into a large kind of uh greeting area or a kind of antechamber that acts as like the not a waiting room as such, but it, it it does have that feel and is predominantly used for the chatter of people who have not made it into a, a, a room upstairs where they might be having a more formal meeting. As you follow through with uh, with uh, Kodar, you are guided towards another room. A couple of uh, corridors down, you follow this kind of labyrinthine maze. And as you come down to this larger room that he guides you into, you are met by two other figures. So in the room, there will be yourselves, there will be the Loxodon, um, Oz, for those that remember these two characters. <laughs> there is a... Oz is complicated. Yes. Oz, <laughs> Oz the um, very tall, blue, bluish-white, uh, tan skin, very uh, large and burly-looking man. With um, Now that you've got up close and you've seen a bit more, it, the original thing was that his plate armour had the crest of... Tiamat in the centre. As you've got closer and been able to 
acknowledge a bit more without certain things weighing down on you, like a dragon destroying the cities, or the uh, you can now it see that quite hard to focus on something else at the time. You can now see that it's not a set of armor as such. It looks like the the gauntlets are from one set of armor, and then the like the the leggings are from another set of armor, and the chest plate itself is like this other other item that he's got. It looks like he's basically just gone through that thing of, well, that one does better damage and that one has a higher AC for things and I don't care if it's not a matching set. Screw you, game developer. <laughs> I was going to say, you mean like how I play video games? Yes. Yes. <laughs> this weird bag over my head makes it so I don't have to roll stealth checks. So um, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it makes me look weird. Um, uh, and then you have next to him the very um, malnourished and thin... Uh, um, I believe it was a cleric of the Morning Lord. Um, you are walking with the Minotaur Cypress. Uh, Kodar is there as well. And then obviously these two new people, you see both humanoid, uh, one elven and one uh, human. Uh, the elven lady has blonde hair that comes down the side of her uh, neck in a plait. Uh, seems to reach fairly long, but um, you imagine undone, probably even longer. Um, she is quite clean and immaculate looking. Uh, she seems to give off that kind of everything is beneath her kind of vibe um, with quite nice orangey yellow robes. This would be, let me just pull up my note for this. This will be Speaker Diruf, who is from a place to the south that people might not know, um, known as Luskan, um, which is uh, a pirate town to the south. Um, their speakers do not act in the same way that speakers work in ten towns. Uh, their speakers who lead in Luskan would be ships, but they have people who work on behalf of them um, who are the... Uh, what's the best way to say this? Uh, they are the... like They're a bit like the ambassadors that are sent for... Uh, for dignified and uh, less uh, um, aggressive conversation. Um, and then the human male, I believe it's human man. Let me just pull up this bit. Oh, it's so many different characters. I should have written this down better. Uh, <laughs> nobody mind me. Don't look behind. <laughs> nobody, nobody, look behind the, <laughs> nobody look behind the curtain. Um, we'll vamp here while you... Um... It's remembering who the brinch there he is. Um, you are met by a dark-skinned man, bald, uh, very chiselled goatee, um, which looks more greyed in areas than it does uh, um, than blackened where it was originally. Uh, blue uh, ger jerkin. I can never say that word right. Um, and a very heavy... Are you about to say gherkin? I was yeah. about to say gherkin, yeah. Um, I... Oh, he's wearing a gherkin. Oh, I know what that... Yeah, the... okay. This is the problem. <laughs> you, uh... It's a girdled jerkin. You, um... <laughs> when you learn words from reading rather than hearing them out loud, um, yes. It's... Yes. it's like how everyone yes. says melee rather than melee. Um, and... and coven instead of coven. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, yes, but the, we shouldn't mock these people because they've learned something by reading. Um, yes, this man, yeah, actually, yes. just so you're aware, is Sheriff Markham Southwell. Uh, as you are introduced by Kodar, um, the two 
turn to you and smile cordially uh, before Kodar just explaining what has happened, uh, how things are finished, and there seems to be a sigh of relief from the room at large as well as these two individuals. I mean, that's all well and good um, that we did that, and you're welcome. But now we have this, and I gesture to the strange orb. Excellent. Um, as you do this, uh, Sheriff uh, Markham seems to be um, a little apprehensive and steps back a little bit, whereas Speaker Diriff steps forward in quite an excited-looking, kind of almost childlike fascination. And leans right in towards it, and he, she just goes, "Ah, this is fascinating." Oh, so, terribly sorry. Um, I am uh, part of the uh, the the Arcane Brotherhood, and I've been uh, sent up to uh, investigate certain. It d- doesn't matter. What? Where? Did, where? Did, where? Where did you find this? Uh, please. Um, inside the dragon. Um, like in the head bit. M- may I? And she gestures her hand out to try take. Uh, sure. Excellent. Does right. she seem suspicious, Steve? Make an insight check. <laughs> Thank you. See, I'm too trusting. <laughs> I will just them things. But I wanted to keep a close eye on her because I didn't want her to run off with it. He's what? a pirate, man. Come on. I know, I know. Insight. But... Yes, please. <laughs> Fifteen. Fifteen. Lovely. Uh, she... You immediately, I'm going to say uh, with this, it's less about her actual physical look, but the moment she says that she is a speaker of the Arcane Brotherhood, you are immediately reminded of the fact that the Arcane Brotherhood are quite well known throughout the area, especially the the north of uh, Faerun itself. Um, They are essentially a collection of mages who work out of Luskan um, and depending which version of world law you're reading, um, are quite like the Unseen University in Discworld. They, everything is done by dead man's boots. Uh, and a lot of the mages of the Arcane Brotherhood like to help make those boots uh, vacant. Um, so she, uh, she is, for all intents and purposes, with her asking to see it um, and her excitement you can see that she's being quite open and honest with her reaction of what this item is um but her history or her um or not lineage her uh association yeah her her associations means that once she's reminded herself who she is or what her function is she may not be the sort of person that you want to divulge certain information to no um however you have said erica that you will happily hand it over um, she yeah. takes it in her hand and she goes, um, I, I can, um, I can identify this for you if you would like me to, or do you know of this already? Um, and I look to the other two, seeing if they're going to say anything different, because I was going to say no. I didn't know if anyone was going to chip in and be like, yeah, I know all about it, and just fake an explanation. I mean, Nerenef had a vague recollection of another beast. Yes. But that's about all she knows. Uh, (laughs) She also has nothing that will help identify this thing. So on seeing you two, I presume shake your heads? 
I will say no. Um, um are you are you plan on taking it away, or oh. are you just gonna like look at it and investigate it now? If you give me a moment, uh, I will uh, hand you over to my charming um, counterpart here, whilst I take a moment to focus on it, and uh, I'll be back with, within a moment. I will not leave the room; it will not leave your sight. Could one of share kindly? Um, I was going to say, could one of us go with her? But that seems that seems really like. Ugh. I'm going to watch her. Yes. Yeah. Keep one eye on her while we talk to the other one. <laughs> I'm going to very obviously keep both eyes on her. <laughs> Not a problem. Yes. Um, she doesn't seem to be take much notice of the fact that uh, she is being watched. She goes over to a table on the so, uh, in one of the corners of the room, places it down and starts to just kind of leaning over the table, hands placed either side of it, starts to focus her energy on it and starts to uh, try to identify this with the identify spell. Um, Garland, you see this uh, being an artificer and I don't know if you have identify as well, uh, but... Oh, I, I do. I'm letting her burn her own spells on it. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I I would not I would not presume anything, um, <laughs> but um, you would you would know the the moment she started doing what she was doing. You know exactly what she's doing. You recognise the the ritualistic kind of focus and how she uh, occasionally taps it with a finger. And there's a light glow of like orangey white light as she touches it. It seems to be almost like one of those plasma balls where you touch it and the electric current hits from the center to the side. Um, yep. But other than that, nothing above, nothing that seems uh, above su suspicion or anything that needs to be of concern. It looks very much like just someone identifying an item. Okay. Um, as this is happening, uh, Sheriff Markham will step forward and go, "I, uh, I thank you for your service in helping not only ten towns but also, uh, well." It seems that a lot of people owe you their lives these days, so, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, wasn't a problem. Uh, if we can be of assistance in any way, let us know. Do you... does your party have a name, or are you just f unlikely comrades? Um, and I'll turn back to the other two. Potentially try and wave at uh, Garland a few times to get his attention off the person with the ball <laughs> just to like but then I don't know if he's heard this or if his concentration oh, yeah. is all on if he's on the ball this isn't um, being whispered, this is being said out into the room at large so Garland you'll be hearing this as well it's just if you bring your attention away from her by all means let us know um yeah we haven't thought of a name We just pause. <laughs> Garland, you said like you were going to say something. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, all, all this time as well as he's talking, he's still watching the identify. Yeah. Um, uh, we are just, you know, traveling companions and uh friends i obviously garland good beer you might have heard of me uh of uh good beers uh good beers um i work for myself uh mainly uh soon to be hopefully uh setting up in this area 
excellent. Um... Near the breakfast club, I say, having spotted toast in the room. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I was like, shit, think of an 80s gang, and all I could think of was... I was literally just googling <laughs> 80s gangs! <laughs> yes, not great vibe! Not to be confused with the D&D podcast, the D&D Breakfast Club. Uh, you are no. just the Breakfast Club. <laughs> just the Breakfast Club. Maybe we should change it to something like the Breakfast Gang, so it's like an 80s reference, but it's not. You mean like the Waffle Gang from... Yeah. <laughs> it's a Waffle Crew, club, damn it. I don't know, we're some other um, the Snack dinner lunch. club. The dinner club. <laughs> Look, uh, as as I I like the idea of you two just having like a moment of like vaunting ideas of going like, oh yes, yeah. spitball, see Lost all. boys. With the lost boys? No, we're not all boys. That doesn't that doesn't fit. Um, um, <laughs> Sheriff Mar- Markham goes. <laughs> look, look, sorry, sorry. I'm not asking for a name to. Uh, to place you on a record or anything like that. I was just asking if you're a, a party that's recognised or not. I can see by this point you haven't formally been recognised by the Heroes Guild then. Uh, no. No. We are completely unrecognised and um, just doing our, uh, our thing for the good of mankind. I mean, it's how most people start. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to chuck you under the bus and write a raven don't worry um <laughs> after the help you've done us up here i can't exactly go around doing something like that um just for your knowledge as a group this is something that isn't world-based this is something that i've added to the world because it's my thing not dnds or Faerun's. um so the heroes guild much like any other guild uh, are essentially if you if you want to go around doing uh, heroic deeds and making money of it, you are welcome to do that. But the legally advertised and accepted heroes, especially in more civilized areas such as down south, um, you would have to essentially have a permit from the Heroes Guild that allows you to act on behalf of a party and you'd have to register your party. Because um, essentially, sometimes. That, are we now doing things illegally if we continue you're, to do hero guild stuff without registering it's not that you're doing it illegally you're now essentially a sellsword or a mercenary you are doing it off your own back um, if you uh, there is a essentially the 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 pros and cons of it is without getting into a load of detail of having you to go revisit a different thing um, is essentially you pay a like a, a tax on your earnings made as heroes but it gets yeah. you benefits such as you are uh, offered work by the government around wherever you are, wherever you say you're based. If you show your... Per- it's a global uh, guild. It's not one that's set up in a certain place. They have headquarters throughout the uh, throughout Toril. Um, you will be able to go to certain places and basically go, we're looking for work. They can put you up at a guild site as well, so you don't have to get accommodation. Uh, it, it, there's pros and cons to it, essentially. You have to pay some of your earnings, but you get benefits. Okay. Whereas the people who don't have uh, the guild membership will essentially, they keep all the money they make, they keep all the things they make, da-da-da-da-da-da, but they also, um, they also don't have the luxury of sometimes a, a griffin has flown over the city and we need to take that griffin down. Unfortunately, um, 
we may get into a bit of a sparring match with a hero's guild who's been sent by the local... Anyway. Um... Right. Okay. Good to know. Just Weird. so you know. It's like... Fable. Hey? It's Fable. It's basically Fable, yes. I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I'd throw in some nice world lore. <laughs> Excellent. We're now Fable. Oh, man. <laughs> There, there, are, there are little things that I need in my life, and if we're now Fable, I look forward to working with uh, John Cleese and any other English actors or actresses who want to do voices for us. Um, um, anyway. Um, we are the chicken chasers. Yes! Um, so, uh, he kind of, again, he's just, this is a brief... Uh, world law moment as he's just said don't worry i'm not going to mark you up to one of the because also you're not doing anything illegal by acting as mercenaries it's just if you have they haven't got a guild up here essentially and you wouldn't have spotted one because i haven't told you this is the thing you'd have to look out for um anyway um as he says um well uh do you do you have any uh next moves that you might be needing assistance with or Um, identifying what that is, and I gesture in the direction of the orb, and then who knows wherever the wind takes us. Kit. I mean, I don't want to say some blight because I don't know if I can be bothered to go back there, but some blight definitely needs looking at. Some and I go back and see our axe beaks. Who we it had. was some blight, wasn't it? Is that his uh, name? Yes, it is. And like, okay. uh, he just yeah. doesn't know of it at the moment. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, have I remembered this wrong? <laughs> no, you have remembered it right. <laughs> we, we think that's where the dragon came from. So we kind of wanted to go there and see what was happening. And if we could halt it. Well, I mean, we were trying to stop the dragon. And obviously, yeah. you've seen how... We kind of well, did. We kind of did that. Yeah, we did. Um, but no, I don't... I'm not taking blame for this dragon. <laughs> <That's not laughs> <my fault. laughs> it was so blame. I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, we did. yeah. It was, it was cool with the shit. But anyway, we should. <laughs> I, I don't think the dragon is the last thing we're going to hear of some blight. So. Yeah, we were probably going to head over in that direction and um, kick the pants of whoever's there, because I can't imagine it's anything good. Oh, okay. Well, I, I can I can send. What well, obviously we're going to be rebuilding uh, any of the settlements that have fallen, um, but I can spare some men to help if you want me to send a scout party down there. Or oh, and I'll look at the other two again. Um, that's an interesting suggestion. Do we want this, guys? Do we want this? I think that might be a good idea. I mean, obviously, as you are, uh, as you are a party yourselves, or becoming a party of some sort, I, I wouldn't uh, mean to intrude on your your group's chemistry by offering more people for the mix i'm i'm merely suggesting that i could send a, a, a scout group down to uh look into sunlight to uh essentially try 
thin the herd if there are more issues like this to be met in wherever this place may be. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that. That is a good point. Sorry, I interrupted. You were about to say something. No, that was a thinky noise. <laughs> I didn't know if you were doing it as Jade or in character, so I was like, it was both. <laughs> Like, yeah, what do you think, Jay? <laughs> no, that this was the problem with with especially because I'm not doing an accent. I'm like, I don't know when I'm talking and Erica's talking. This is well, just... this I mean, this was also really it was so much easier when I was Eastern European. Yeah. Um. What? <clears throat> I'm not doing that on a podcast. Don't worry. I'm not going to. Do that. <laughs> what is wrong with doing silly accent? Koda says. <laughs> Nothing. It's not a silly accent. That is your voice. Yeah, that is your accent. <laughs> I know. I was just being silly for a moment of <laughs> podcast brevity. Um. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. Nerineff is going to look at uh, Mr. Sheriff Markham and uh, go. Zardarok, ring a bell. The name Zardarok. Um, no, we've uh, we've heard reports of the uh, the southern settlements having issues with Duragar and um, Sunblight may have been one of the names that was mentioned but again we have been dealing with our own issues in house and gestures out of the window towards Brinchander itself. Yeah so basically like the Duragar were like mining in the ice and the snow and looking for this like purpley ice um, kind of like the liquid in, in that thing. Um and mentioned making a dragon and Zardarok and Sunblight. So we we basically headed that way to try and investigate. And as soon as we arrived, you know, an avalanche happened. And then, oh, look, there's a dragon. So we haven't actually got any further than investigating it. Because we kind of came to help deal with the dragon that we were trying to prevent from happening. Get me? Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, well... I and he just kind of takes a moment and starts rubbing his temple. At this point, um, Speaker Dirith will speak up. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I've, uh, I've come to a conclusion, and uh, this is quite a perplexing item that you've uh, found yourselves. Where, where did you say you found it? Sorry. <laughs> um. Um. When we investigated after the dragon crash landed, it was like there, kind of inside it. Okay, and do are any of you um, religious based in your magic abilities, or at, uh, at this point, both uh, Oz and Cypress will put their hands up at the back of the room. Uh, and, um, they're, they're, but then put their hands back down because they realise what's about to be asked as she goes. As she looks and goes, did did either of you manage to check the remains of this beast or construct or whatever it was to see what sort of um, vibes would probably be the word I would give? And both of them look at each other, then look back and shake their heads. Um. She turns back to you three as the uh, the the culprits, if you will. <laughs> um, uh, goes, Rude. What we have, yeah. what we have here, is an, a modified 
orb of scrying. What is it? What would normally be used uh, as a uh, as a like a, a focus for scrying? Uh, you would look into it, cast your scrying magic into it, and then see whatever you are looking to uh, looking upon with your magic. Uh, there seems to be some sort of like two way connection that has been off this. Um, however, the reason I uh, mention <laughs> our, uh, our religious friends at the back is because this has um, demonic. Uh, signatures in its uh, in its arcane registry, if you will. <laughs> um, oh, I had held my hand out to take it back, and then when she says demonic, my hand just drops. I, I don't know. After hearing what you've been saying, and I don't know if this Zardarok has um, has uh, connections or if he is of a what uh, what is being commonly referred to as a warlock. The uh, the the minions of a, a demonic entity, uh, quite powerful but also limited in their power. It's uh, I I don't I don't know if this is of his nature or if he has been granted it by someone or if he's just found it and placed it in the dragon. But um, this I would assume, um, without actually being with the body of the dragon to continue this investigation, uh, this would be. I imagine the control point of the dragon itself, um, however it seems to have been inactive for some time as uh, it there, there is no, and she shakes it and you can see the, the kind of like weird glittery kind of liquid shake up again, but then sits again. Normally this would be coalescing to show it's active, if you will. vibe was going on with it so if the dragon was still alive that thing would still be working are we saying this is basically some sort of very very long distance binoculars where he can see what's going on by flying the dragon around as long as this thing is is working i am assuming that whoever was on the other side of this was indeed as you were saying using it as a uh, a bird's eye view of what the dragon was seeing and also potentially using it as a control point to make the dragon go wherever the dragon needed to go. So presumably then the person on the other end now knows that the dragon is no more and is potentially figuring out a different way of knowing what's going on? I would say that that would be a learned uh, guess uh, towards what... If, I, if it were my position... Um, and I was using this item, hypothetically, of course, um, if I was using this item and I had created this dragon and I had seen this happen, I would potentially be uh, reenacting uh, a rather um, uh, aggressive reaction at this point, or I would potentially be looking into uh, other avenues of uh, the same goal that I had been looking for, depending on what the goal was. It seems that destroying most of Ten Towns was the goal of the dragon, so whoever was doing this potentially is now looking in how to finish the job and so from our point of view we need to stop them before they can get to that point can i just have a moment with my companions please uh, of course and uh both speaker derith and uh sheriff markham start to step towards the doorway and exit um the no, i have my bloody orb 
Yeah, I was going to say, she's oh, still the, got the ball. The orb is still on the table. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. Co before I say this, uh, before you go into it, Kodar, um, Oz, and Cypress are still in the room. Uh, Kodar just kind of stands looking, ready to listen, whereas the other two are kind of like both looking at one another, then looking at the door, then looking at one another, and looking at you guys. It's fine. You uh, you can stay. They sit down. <laughs> right. So, clearly, we're going to have to go to Sunblight. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a little bit dangerous. I'm not going to lie. I'm not too keen on the idea of it. Uh, but one thing I will say is, just in case whoever is still on the other end of that thing, mm -hmm. um, I suggest that we sell it to the Greedy Mage. Interesting. That way they can uh, feel like they're doing something, and who knows, maybe they can actually figure something out with it, but um, I don't want that thing anywhere near me. I agree. One question, though. You're good with making things. Do you think it's possible that that thing would get reactivated? Or do you think it's just like the Dundon now? You know, like with a firework. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends. I'd probably want to have another look at the actual dragon itself, but, um,. I mean, we can do that. Yeah, I would... I'd definitely like another look at it before we head out. And I yeah. might look to see if I can remove any other components from it so that whoever uh, doesn't try and reactivate it. But as long as that orb there goes away from the dragon and we can take out a few more core pieces of the dragon then it shouldn't technically be able to get back up again so can like that Hopefully. modified orby thing mm. can that be reactivated is what i mean like can can they be watching in on this entire conversation right now but like super super sneaky way yeah what if they'd made it so it like played dead kind of thing <sighs> that's my question uh, Garland will pop open a vial and uh, drink it, swill it around his mouth a bit as he does so, gurgling, and then he is going to um, look at the orb with a first level spell slot on beer goggles. Excellent. <laughs> What does beer goggles do, or is this identify? <laughs> it's it's uh it's kind of the same thing as identify. Ah, beer goggles, of course. That uh that first level spell. Yeah. I just haven't updated my uh, compendium. I apologize. <laughs> um, so uh, as you cast beer goggles, um, you take a moment and start to look over the item. Um, again, you get the same thing. You get it is a modified orb of scrying. It has you get the sense that the magic that was in it. 
you can it's almost like uh half-life or like a residue that comes off it that is definitely demonic in nature it feels like the kind of tiefling magic or it might even be that kind of warlock type magic rather than the more radiant and like uh, holy magic if you will of a paladin or a uh, uh of a cleric um looking at it you get the sense that there was a connection between this and another item uh, and once that spell was dropped the item has become inert um you because obviously you get the exact f uh information from identify um you you would know that they would be able to create a new connection with it if they have it in the same location uh, however they could also knowing how a scry spell works you would know that they would be able to use this as a thing to scry in upon rather than having a using it as an eyeball they would use it as a point of focus to scry on an area or whatever's happening to it mm -hmm. so uh yeah it's currently not active but it could be used as a focal point to check in on uh can we just destroy it? Mm, we could, but I don't know how much demonic energy is going to come out of this thing. And also, mm. we are reducing our profit margin if we do that. That is a good point. Okay, no, no, we'll, we'll yeah, I want, I want the money for it. It'll be useful. I mean, I think the way I'm looking at this is that. He's spent all this time and effort making this dragon that he probably thought was invincible. It's now been minced, and anything he makes next might be in a fit of rage. He might not have thought it through properly. It might therefore be weaker because it's been made in a rush. So, with any luck, we'll go there and he'll just be having a tantrum. And then we can take him down politely with not much fuss or body parts fingers crossed yeah <laughs> <sighs> alright can I ask you another question <clears throat> do, you, yeah. do you think this now has you know like historical significance because you know seven out of ten towns got destroyed do you what the, the item has the orb the orb do you think the orb is important now does it have <laughs> like historical i think it might do in the future but i also think that the bigger thing would probably be the actual body of the dragon itself. Mm. You know, this is like when they find random pieces of pottery. Mm. Are you that aware thing of out how there is a whole sword. I mean... No. That tells people how people lived during those times. That's like super important. It helps you understand how civilizations worked. This thing will help people in the future understand how it was possible to destroy 
no offence to you guys, uh, seven out of ten towns. I would say that's pretty important, don't you? It's pretty important. I'm not going to say that it's not important at all, but what I am going to say is that it is also something that our enemies could be spying on us with right now. And at any point that we're going up towards that place, and as we're trying to sneak around... Can we just put it in a dark bag until she's bought it so that it, it can't actually see? I mean, why do we have to sell it? Because well, we we need to get rid of it. Can we not just, you know, give it to the the arcane? I will people? say, if we're going to give it to her, we might as well get money for it, because yeah. that's only going to come in useful if we ever need anything. And also, that person. The reason why I didn't want them in the room is that I don't think that they are overly trustworthy. Nope. <clears throat> Which is why if there is to be some kind of payback for the possession of this orb, I would much rather that it goes on that person. She would probably kill us in our sleep to get this item. Oh, yeah. To be able to show it off to all of her friends and say about how she unlocked all of the mysteries of this item. She does also now know who we are, so if somebody ever tracks it down trying to find who destroyed the dragon, she's going to point them in our direction. Damn it. Could we put her in a dark bag so <laughs> she can't see anything? <laughs> Roll Sorry, that is Jade laughing, not Nerenef. <laughs> <laughs> is brooding. Um... Erica is, is attempting to be helpful, but she's well aware she's just trying to fill silence and not be like, here's a genuine solution. Like, Nerenef's normally really quite orange, autumnal yeah. complexion is starting to slowly become paler and paler and paler. Um, and her hair is getting a bit more white streaked <laughs> Erica's serious suggestion was destroying it before realising it could release a whole load of energy so I mean back as Erica is there a way of getting somebody else to destroy it with a different magic that would counteract the demonic magic that might come out of it or energy whatever Nerenath right immediately word. looks at the two that sat down behind her like can a can a cleric do it or so like, Cyprus? <laughs> Cyprus the Minotaur goes. Well, um, I'm I'm terribly sorry to be so quiet. Uh, I just didn't want to uh, interrupt this. Uh, quite quite the strategic group. Um, I am. Uh, see, the problem with the item is if you if you're trying to destroy it, you're going to need quite a big amount of energy. And um, I would suggest something like an archmage or maybe even a lich or uh, like um like a. A, a holy blade or something like that. That that sort of thing would be the um. <laughs> that'd be yes. Don't want to get into that sort of th very bad magic sort of thing because you know it's it's like um it's like uh, red wine and white wine. They cut, meant to cross each other out, but then you get rosé. <laughs> but a holy blade isn't bad, is it? I. It depends on the holy. 
it depends on the holy blade. Um, sentient items are uh, are known for their uh, um, allegiance to certain pre uh, pre itemized beliefs. So um, there are certain blades that are, for all better terms, evil. There are some that are very good. The most predominant ones that everyone remembers is the Holy Avenger. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes. Um, you you would be looking at someone who uh, you don't need a uh, you don't need a, a cleric as such. You you need someone who has the ability to uh, to um, cancel out that magic whilst also doing enough magic to destroy an enchanted item. Oh, that sounds a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Throwing it into a volcano is always. Uh, a, a, a... We can throw it into a volcano. Like that's that. If it doesn't destroy it, it's the bottom of some lava. Um, just make sure, all intents and purposes, whoever's with you, no one's feeling a little uh, greedy when they try to throw it, because otherwise you have to throw that person with it, and it just gets awkward on the paperwork. <laughs> I mean, I'd quite like to keep all my fingers, so yeah. I'd, I'd be perfectly happy to throw it into a volcano. I, I definitely don't want to keep it. Sounds like quite the epic, if I if I knew so to myself. <laughs> I'm not sure how many volcanoes are in this locality. So. If only there was like a big eagle that would just fly us oh. all the way there. Ah, you yeah. have to do some favours before you get the big eagles. You see, that's the problem. Okay. Um, local well, you... local um, local volcanoes. You'd be looking at Mount Hottenau, which is down south by Neverwinter, and um, I believe Kelvin's Cairn is meant to be a dormant volcano, but you know, <laughs> never, never, never uh, poke a bear whilst it's sleeping. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine what would happen if you throw that thing into a dormant volcano. I quite I like the snow, if I'm really honest. <laughs> All right, so let's rule out destroying it and probably go back to selling it. <laughs> she uh, looks even grumpier again. Nerenus, you will probably end up outliving her. So there is every chance that you would be able to then reclaim the item and put it into... A museum. I think it would probably need to go into like some form of secure vault. But yeah, you're right. I probably would outlive her. So you'll be able to find it in the future? And we can use the money now? Fine. Only because I want to help you find these new ingredients so you can make your next drink. So we're selling it. Are we all happy that we're selling it? And we're selling it to her? Like her body language completely says no, but it's like a full blown fine. Right. So we'll uh, we'll need to to speak to uh, all of the others who uh, who left to try and arrange our plans, which I imagine will involve sending out these scouts to Sunblight and also getting someone to go and rescue our axe beaks and bring them back so that they can be cared for before we have to head out. Oh, yes. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. I hope they're okay. So with that, 
you will call in uh, Markham and uh, Durith to continue this conversation also get the sale and as you've just said start to make your uh, plans known to them and have them uh, go off and get what you need and do what you need them to do and there we shall take a break here or for end of episode at least uh, for the listener so um, yes we'll pick up next week with uh, these guys working out their their strategic planning which has been quite a fun listen whilst uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed listening to it (laughs) Um, yes, uh, we will uh, end the, the episode here. Yeah, um, and yep. see what happens next week. All that want to say bye, say bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Sixteen Candle Cubes. Your players were Emma Bamford as Erica Jones, Jade Leanne Pierce as Neremith Halladar, and Liam Thornton as Garland Goodbeer. Your DM was Steve Archer. Theme music by Steve Archer. Background music was performed by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. Other background music was performed by Bombarded Podcast and can be found at bombarded.bandcamp.com. All artworks thus far has been created by Bingle Bang Bang. Thank you for listening and we shall see you next week.